And we continue here with our American stories, and it's time for our Rule of Law series, where we tell stories about what happens when the rule of law is present or absent in our lives. Here's Jesse. In 2014, Erica Perez and her father, Rumaldo, bought a small apartment complex with a detached home on two lots in Detroit, Michigan, with plans to renovate the apartments, rent them out, and to live in the house. The property cost $60,000 in savings and tens of thousands more for the renovation. They were pursuing the American dream. Romaldo had worked for decades as a tailor in Manhattan to save up the money for this investment that would ensure the prosperity of his family for generations to come. Tenants moved in, and the family put the rent money back into the property for further improvements. Here's Erica Perez. We started fixing this literally like weeks after my dad bought it like we like they destroyed everything from the inside and rebuilt everything years went by and the perez family was making it work that is until one of their tenants informed them that someone was claiming to have sold the property my dad was going to go pick up the rent and then the people had told us that um there was people going to the house to take pictures of it so they asked my dad like what was going on as it turns out The Perez family was behind on their property taxes, and the Wayne County treasurer had foreclosed on the property. It was a surprise, to say the least, considering they thought they were up to date on their payments. Even more surprising is that the local government had foreclosed on the Perez family property, over $144 in unpaid taxes from the year 2014. County officials then turned around and sold the property for $108,000 and kept every last dime. Christina Martin is an attorney at the Pacific Legal Foundation, the oldest and most successful public interest law firm that fights for limited government property rights and individual rights. They're representing the Perez family in this case free of charge, and thankfully so, as the cost for the Perez family to fight this on their own would be... Astronomical by the time you get done. Now, there are some cases where people sue and they manage to settle or win fairly quickly. Those are unusual. I've been in cases that, uh, that, you know, they go on for years, go up on appeal and, you know, it ends up costing, if you, if, if a person had to pay an attorney for it, a million dollars conceivably. That sounds excessive, but honestly, when you have to appeal cases and a lot of the times the cases we get involved with, the only way we win is by appealing up to higher level courts. We've had some wins in the U.S. Supreme Court. It could be um, smaller. It could be, you know, in the tens of thousands of dollars, or it could be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, and it can actually exceed a million dollars to litigate claims like this and at least to do it well. And it's not just an isolated case. Aside from the Perez family, there are several others who are involved in litigation with the state of Michigan that Pacific Legal Foundation is fighting for as well. We have a case, actually, that's pending in the Michigan Supreme Court, so it's sort of hard for me to talk about the Perez's case without talking about that. Um, We filed this claim uh, hoping to build on the case that's pending in the Michigan Supreme Court. In that case, our client, Yuri Raffelli, accidentally underpaid his property taxes by $8. Uh, The the local government, uh, uh, Oakland County, foreclosed on the property, sold it for 25000 so it was worth much more, and kept all the profits. So it's a similar story, um, except it was probably not as devastating for Mr. Raffelli as for this family because he at least, you know, it's not the only property that he owns. This was a rental home, fortunately. 
but it was still devastating. This was a source of income. He's elderly. He's retired. And this was supposed to be an inheritance for his children. So we got the Michigan Supreme Court to agree to hear one of the legal questions that his case raised, and that's the question of whether when the government takes private property to pay a small debt, does it violate the constitutional requirement that government pay you just compensation when it takes private property for a public use if they take more than they're owed? And we, of course, say it that it does, and I think that the, that the law is very clear on that. When our country was founded, you know, in other words, when this constitutional protection in the Fifth Amendment was adopted, tax collectors and private debt collectors were all required to follow the same sort of common law rules that when they collect on debt, they can seize property, sure, and sell it even, but then they have to refund the extra profits back to the former owner, you know, after paying for the cost of debt collection. So that right traces all the way back to the colonial days. It goes all the way back to England. You can find protections in Magna Carta that relate to debt collection uh, by the king. So essentially, when government takes more than its own and and keeps all those extra profits, it's violating the, the takings clause. The takings clause is a provision in the Fifth Amendment of the Constitution which states that private property shall not be taken for public use without just compensation. While the Fifth Amendment itself only applies to actions by the federal government, the Fourteenth Amendment extends the takings clause to actions by state and local government as well. The government has argued, and when I say the government, I don't just mean the county involved there. Uh, There's a number of other counties that have together filed briefs asking the Michigan Supreme Court to okay, to rubber stamp this practice of taking more than they're owed in taxes. And one of the arguments that they've raised is that as long as they give notice of what they're going to do, they can do whatever they want because it harms the general welfare if you fail to pay your property taxes. We, of course, say, look, we think everyone should pay their property taxes, but you can't take and keep more than you're owed. And when, when, when the counties are doing this, because they're allowed to profit at the expense of people like Erica and her family, because they're allowed to sell this property and keep all the extra profits over you know, $107,000 in profits in the Perez family case, they have a perverse incentive to foreclose on people. So they have a, an incentive, actually, to do a lousy job letting people know that they're going to lose their property. It's either extreme incompetence or there is a profit incentive, and we don't know. There is actually an interesting case that came out of western Michigan where a multimillionaire bought a property and lost it because he wasn't getting his tax bills and easily could have paid the debt. There's emails that say that the county treasurer was, quote, tickled pink that they were going to get to foreclose on this property. They joked about not doing too good of a job letting the owner know because, um, well, they could have county barbecues at the property. It was this beautiful house on the lake. And the sad thing is that millionaire sued and got a pretty incredible uh, record through discovery and yet still lost his due process claim. We reached out to the county treasurer's office in Wayne County, Michigan, but they refused to comment. Now, the Perez family lost their property, but Christina Martin at Pacific Legal Foundation is diligently fighting to get their money back. There's a couple of remedies we're asking for. One, we're asking for the same remedy that we're asking for in the Michigan Supreme Court in another case, basically that the government has to refund the extra profits to the former owner. But in 
Erica's case, we're asking for something more. Um, we're asking the court to recognize that the government should not be allowed to foreclose on a huge, valuable property. Um, here we had four apartment units and a house and two lots, all to collect on a very small debt of $500. The county had other remedies available under the law. They could have actually taken the Perez's to court. They could have seized a rent payment from one of the tenants, which a rent payment would have satisfied the debt and the cost of collecting on the debt. I mean, and if they really wanted to seize property, they could have seized a single apartment unit instead of everything. And the sale of that one apartment unit certainly would have satisfied the debt that was owed. For Our American Stories, I'm Jesse Edwards. And great job, Jesse, and also great job to the Pacific Legal Foundation. You can give them a donation. They're a nonprofit, and they do all of this work for free helping people like Erica Perez fight for her rights because she couldn't have afforded to do this. It's pacificlegal.org. And by the way, this is another of our rule of law series because let me tell you, what is notice, right? What is constructive notice? And the government really didn't try and get in touch with these people. What they really wanted to do, foreclose on that house and keep all the money. And we love telling stories like this, particularly these rule of law stories. Erica Perez's story this time here on Our American Stories.